Hello, I'm Tony Holmes and you're listening to the Chain Reaction Podcast, all about supply chain advantage. Well, glad you could drop by today. Got a great episode coming up, so stay tuned. This week at Bletchley Park in Buckinghamshire, we saw the first World Conference on AI Safety. The UK AI Safety Summit 2023 was held on November the 1st and 2nd at Bletchley Park. And of course, that was the home of the Codebreakers during the Second World War. And it's where Alan Turing spent his working life during the Second World War. The summit was organised by the Foreign Commonwealth and Development Office and the Department of Science, Innovation and Technology. And the summit brought together international governments, leading AI companies, civil society groups and experts in research to discuss the risks of AI, especially at the frontier of development, and how they can be mitigated through internationally coordinated action. The summit produced an international declaration to address AI risks, and this was hailed as a diplomatic coup by Rishi Sunak, the Prime Minister. The declaration was signed by global leaders from 28 nations, including China, the United States and Russia. The declaration aims to ensure that AI is developed safely and responsibly in a way that benefits everyone. The summit also discussed the risks posed by recent and next-generation frontier AI models, including risks to biosecurity and cybersecurity. And the discussions also highlighted the need for global and decisive action to acknowledge and act on the risks. Frontier AI companies, governments and academic and civil society researchers need to work rapidly together to ensure that current models and future models do not enable or facilitate bad actors to cause harm. The summit also discussed the risks from unpredictable leaps in frontier AI. So as capability develops and the models are rapidly scaled, that could cause problems. It was noted that, as investment increases, it's very likely we will continue to be surprised by what future AI systems can do, and in ways that we are not necessarily aware of presently, or that we can predict, or indeed that was intended by their creators. These models will also be able to connect to other systems and enhance their capabilities, and the number of possible permutations means it's hard to anticipate the potential outcomes before release. Overall, this summit was a landmark event that brought together global leaders to discuss the risks of AI and how they can be mitigated through internationally coordinated action. Now, there are a number of potential risks, and I'm just going to highlight some of them because the conversations were all about risk. The first thing is a lack of transparency. Deep learning models can be complex and difficult to interpret, and that leads to a lack of transparency in decision-making processes that underlie the logic. It's the black box problem. You can't see how these things are working. And this can lead to distrust and, of course, resistance by people not wanting to adopt the technologies for that very reason. And then there's the risk of bias and discrimination. AI systems can perpetuate or amplify societal biases due to bias training and the data it selects and the algorithms it uses. So to minimise discrimination and ensure fairness, it's critical to invest in the development of unbiased algorithms and diverse training data sets so that things are not biased. Another concern is privacy. AI technologies often collect and analyse large amounts of personal data 
and that raises issues about privacy and security. To mitigate privacy risks, we must advocate for strict data protection regulations and safe data handling practices. There are ethical dilemmas too. We need to instill moral and ethical values in AI systems, especially in decision-making contexts. With significant consequences, it presents a considerable challenge. Researchers and developers must prioritise the ethical implications of AI technologies and avoid negative societal impacts. Security risks are another issue. As these AI technologies become increasingly sophisticated, security risks associated with them and the potential misuse will also increase. There'll be hackers, malicious actors, all trying to make AI work for them and against the rest of society. So AI has the potential, of course, to generate more advanced cyber attacks, bypass security measures and exploit vulnerabilities in systems. So you can see there are lots of risks and we're only just scraping the surface here about what those risks actually are. Going back to the issue of having unbiased AI systems, we need processes and practices that test and mitigate for bias. And that can be done by being aware of the context in which AI can help correct for bias, as well as where there is a high risk that AI could exacerbate bias. Engaging in fact-based conversations about potential biases in human decisions, educating data scientists about what responsible AI looks like and how it has organisational values embedded into the model itself. In essence, guardrails to prevent irresponsible use of AI. Addressing bias by established governance and controls, having diversified teams and continually monitoring for bias. All of those things are important. So that's an update on the conference that took place on AI, the first one in the world, at Bletchley Park on the 1st and 2nd of November 2023. So we'll see how it develops from here. Now, I think one of the reasons that people are so concerned about the development of AI, they think it's happening too fast. They think the developments are, are going too fast that we can't actually keep control of what we've actually created. So if the creators can't keep control and they're concerned about it because these are systems that learn in the same way that humans learn. So the more data they get and gather in and remember these artificial intelligence machines can just gather so much data more than you and I could comprehend and they can gather it quickly and they can make decisions very very quickly. Now that's got lots of potential to be innovative, make faster decisions to avoid problems and, of course, make decisions which humans might find difficult to make in the timescale. And, of course, the human brain, although a marvellous thing in itself, because that human brain is the brain that developed artificial intelligence and, of course, these machine learning systems, but it can't gather the data so quickly from so many sources to understand the problem in the same way that the artificial intelligence can. It has access to so much data through the interconnected world, and that brings promise, innovation, and potentially world-changing solutions to the human condition. And by that, I mean healthier lives, solving health problems, solving business problems, giving the ability to people to learn fast, 
much faster than they ever have done in the past, it could transform education beyond all recognition. You wouldn't necessarily have to sit in a classroom or in a lecture theatre when you're engaging with AI. You could be anywhere. You could be at home. It's a threat to formal learning because the informal learning that can take place through artificial intelligence has the potential to be much better. And if you think about that and take it to its ultimate position, we could be creating more educated citizens in the world through the engagement of artificial intelligence. And in a way that doesn't cost a great deal of money. So it might undermine the profit models of educational establishments and, of course, businesses themselves, other businesses. So I think it's an interesting road we're on. But what remains to be seen is, can that road be ethical, sustainable, and, of course, governed effectively to keep control of the machine? And we must remember that it is a machine. They, these things are machines, even though they engage with us at a human level. And you'll know from your engagement with AI, it talks to you through text, it can create pictures and images, and it can solve these problems that you hand it in a matter of seconds. The other major concern about artificial intelligence and what's happening, of course, is the displacement of jobs through the technology. Now, technology has had a long history of replacing and displacing traditional roles in working life. And that's happened in all sorts of industries. It started in the textile industry with the replacement of spinning, weaving machines, replacing slower hand looms through water-driven looms and textile machinery, and then through steam processes and through electricity. And so as the technology changes, it changes the nature of the job itself. And obviously it can increase productivity. And that increase in productivity does away with the labor. And of course, people are then fearful for their own roles and livelihoods. And so there's been a lot of talk over the past few years about when this happens. It's not if it's going to happen, it's when it happens that the displacement will cause governments to think differently about the way in which people spend their time between work and leisure in a very different way. And the question is, how do they remain worthy, worthwhile in self-fulfillment terms, but also in income generation terms? And there have been proposals by various governments and leading thinkers who said that we'll have to pay people for doing nothing. Now, I know we do that anyway when people are on benefits. They don't necessarily have to work to receive an income. But if it's on a mass scale and lots of people have their jobs replaced by artificial intelligence and machines, then of course we need a different model for the economy. And that's going to be quite challenging, I think. Well, that's it for this short update on the Artificial Intelligence Summit taking place at Bletchley Park and the follow-up with some ideas and some concerns that will be challenging for the future. So I hope you've learned something and I hope you've enjoyed the brief discussion. And just before I go, I'd like to update you on some forthcoming episodes and uh, I'll see you next time in the News Roundup and in the next edition 
of the podcast. So coming along next week, we have Tracing the Evolution of Advertising, Past, Present and Future Trends. That's on Tuesday, it's out on the 7th of November. And that's very quickly followed up by Navigating the Future, the phasing out of third-party cookies in digital advertising. And that comes out a week later on the 14th of November. On the 21st of November, we have Redefining Consumption Habits for a Sustainable Future. On the 28th of November, Enhancing Supply Chain Success through Customer Focus. On the 5th of December, Navigating the Realm of Resilient Supply Chains and Risk Management. And on the 12th of December, Harnessing Digital Technologies for Supply Chain Optimization. And then as we move into the Christmas period, we'll have a couple of Christmas specials uh, before we take a, a break for Christmas. So come by, pick up the episodes you're interested in, and of course catch up on the back catalogue and take a look at those. And we'll very soon be on our 200th episode of the Chain Reaction podcast. So it'll be time to celebrate. I'll have to get the champagne out. Well, that's it for this week. I'll see you next time. I'm Tony Hines. I'm signing off. Bye for now. You've been listening to the Chain Reaction Podcast, written... Presented and produced by Tony Hines. Hi, I'm Tony Hines. I'm here to tell you about the Chain Reaction Podcast, all about supply chain advantage. I've been researching and writing about supply chains for over 25 years. I wrote my first book on supply chain strategies in the early 2000s. Each week we have special episodes on particular topics relating to supply chains. Now we have a weekly news roundup every Saturday at 12 noon. All things impacting global supply chains in that week. So come and join us on the Chain Reaction Podcast. I look forward to seeing you there. I'm Tony Hines. I'm signing off. Bye for now.